This Quarrcast podcast is brought to you by Reframing Our Stories. Did you know most people get their sexuality health information from their parents, their schools, and their churches? Reframing Our Stories provides sexual health education, resources, and tools for families and communities to normalize conversations around sex and relationships, remove shame, and reframe our stories to promote openness, acceptance, and a positive sense of self. Schedule a free 15-minute consultation by using our Contact Us link at www.reframingourstories.com. That's www.reframingourstories.com. Hey, heathens, you're listening to the Deadly Faith Podcast, where religion and crime collide. I'm Lola. And I'm Lacey. And this (laughs) shit is lawless. The mind that was in Jesus, that mind is in me without me life has no meaning why would god tell you what i'm thinking and tell you what i've said to my wife or my husband when you're not around it's because i'm the pastor of the church and i need to know this is the only place where you can see truth why are you laughing (laughs) why did i sound like um like a like a game show host like and i'm late and i'm late You kind of did. Why don't Why don't we do that? I'm in a very goofy mood today. I That's I'm fine. in a good mood. Good good. That's good fine. Mood. <laughs> we need you to talk about Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers. Question yes. Mark. I I started Bob's Burgers. You know, Lola said I should. Mm-hmm. Lola likes it, mm-hmm. and so I was like, you know what? Let's start it. It's my lifeblood. So, so I, I'm so glad started, that you've partaken. I, I have partaken in your lifeblood, and I and I love it. You know, <laughs> it's really good. I'm, we're I think two or three episodes, three episodes in. Ah. Really like it. And I started to realize, I, I think I should go and watch The Office. And I think I will get into it. Because here's the thing. When I first started The Office years ago, yeah. I thought it was stupid. And I was like, this is the this first is just, episode. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. And people are like, you need to just, you know, just get through season one. Just get through season one. And so I was like, yeah. okay, I'll try it again. Again, tried it. Wasn't a fan. But The Righteous Gemstones. Have you watched that show? No. Oh, I don't think I've ever my. heard of this. Oh my God. It is a hilarious comedy on like making fun of mega churches. Oh, and it is so stupid fun. funny. It is like cringe funny. And I started that. Somebody had told me about it. And so I started it. I watched that. There's like, I think three seasons out and the fourth season is coming out next year. And it is fucking hilarious and also so stupid. Stupid, so utterly stupid, <laughs> but I love it. My husband's over there like, he can't decide if he likes it or hates it. He's he's on the fence mm. on it, but he still watches it with me. And I thought because of my trauma and like going through and deconstructing and everything made me love the Righteous Gemstones. Holy shit, Lola, what? Oh, fuck, hold on. <laughs> that is not a good sign for today's case. Lola is bleeding, guys, all out her nose. Go take care of yourself and we'll be back in a moment. So I'm alive. Jot that down. Lola is alive. Her nose, she got that thing to stop bleeding very fast. She uses an ice pack, guys. It's like the most amazing thing ever. I learned Here's that your from life her. And next time, next time I need to try that because I don't get nosebleeds, but my oldest daughter does. And Lord have mercy, hers get really bad, especially in this time yeah. of year. So yeah. But yeah, all that to say uh, that I think the righteous gemstones, like enjoying the comedy of the stupidity of that has kind of yeah. like, made me end up liking shows like Bob's Burgers. And I was like, I might actually like The Office now. I should try it again. 
And you know what? So I'm such a sucker for anything 80s. Like, mm-hmm. I'm an Eddie Munson slut. I love... Uh, <laughs> I know he's not love technically... It. Like, his not character's in the 80s, okay? Yes. But like, we all love all the, I love hair metal. I love uh, the fashion, everything. Mm-hmm. Not really the politics of the 80s, but... Well, of course. What a time to be alive for like media and fashion, MTV and all that stuff. So like... Uh-huh. <laughs> Bob's Burgers has a lot of 80s references. Yeah, a lot okay. of like classic okay. 80s songs are like parodied in them and there's just a lot of good references to like older actors mm-hmm. in it that's just really it's it's so good and nostalgic and it's like it it itches that or it scratches that itch in my brain it scratches that itch which is impressive and it might just be because you really like the 80s but it impresses me that you like would know those references or know those like male or female actors and actresses and stuff from the 80s. Like that. Yeah. That's a it. lot of it's from like classic 80s films or yeah. music. But I mean, some of them, ugh, I did have to like look up some yeah. certain like people that they say. Like with comedians, <laughs> I'm not a like comedy I person I wouldn't know. necessarily. Yeah, so like the old talk shows, I just never really got into. Yeah. So they'll make a reference to some of those and or like scandals that happened. Mm-hmm. And I have to <laughs> do some homework on that. But like Bob's Burgers, here's our, our plug of the day. Is yeah, Bob's BB. Burgers. Go watch some Bob's Burgers. Yeah, I was born in the 90s. Bob Burger. Bob Burger. <laughs> um, my, my crotch itches. <laughs> <laughs> that, that line from episode one. I Scratchy line cook. Dying. <laughs> yeah. Dying. My crotch is just, don't tell me that. Tell your mother. Let me see it. Let me say it. Lynn. Oh my God. You're all terrible. I am simultaneously Linda and Bob. Super happy yeah. and super depressed. All, all at the same time. Yeah. Everything all of the time. Okay. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So that was my little caveat before we jump into today's case. But I'm Good. so excited. Lola's presenting today and this is... A very interesting case that I almost completely ruined for her because she told me she was going to do Pazuzu. What is it? Pazuzu? Pazuzu. Pazuzu. And so I I knew the name just from it being on our schedule. And all of a sudden, one of the YouTubers I follow on Sunday posted a video and I started Mm -hmm. it, which I started it before I got in the bath. And I like had my phone all propped up on my sink. Oh, And I'm in the bath and she's talking. And then all of a sudden she says the name Pazuzu a couple of times. And I'm like, why does that name sound familiar? And I was like, oh, (laughs) shit. And I like jumped out of the bath, water covering me, (laughs) dripping wet and all. I grabbed my phone, like turned it off so fast. And I was like, oh, my God. And I like immediately text Lola. I was like, um, I almost ruined the case. I'm so sorry. She's like, don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't. I didn't. We realized at that moment that we have to be extremely careful about the true crime content that we both consume on a regular basis mm-hmm. just so that we don't <laughs> run into each other's <laughs> list of cases. So uh-huh. I know. I have yeah. to like go reference your list of cases you're going to be covering before I... I do the same <laughs> with yours before I watch anything now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Hey, tell us, Lila. A brief trigger warning. Oh, we've got self-harm, murder, animal, harm, drugs, alcohol. Oh, good. Okay. Like, also, just a, a lot of like dirty filthiness. Dirty filthiness. All right. Dirty filthiness. <laughs> dirty, filthy, like raunchy or just dirty, filthy and like, ew. Yes, to both. 
Everything. There's no All way right. around it. Check yeah. and double check. All right. Let's get into this. So, I am so intrigued. I this, this I told her before, I told Lacey this beforehand. I don't have a favorite case because that's horrible. Right. <laughs> because it's true crime. It really happened. Yeah. And we don't romanticize this. However, if there's any case that piques my interest the most, it has to be this one. Definitely. That's so all right. I've been like all over it. Like a... Uh, <laughs> A youth pastor (laughs) on a small child. I knew you were going to say that. Goddamn. I'm just kidding. I'm throwing up noises. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about, I'll just go ahead and give it to you off the bat, Satanism. Okay. But I have to preface on this that like, this is a Satanic leader. They're classified Uh as this. Okay. But Satanism is not what, how it's portrayed in this case. So I just want to give like a couple of, a couple of things about it. Okay. So uh, the chief leader of uh, Satanism in the UK actually quoted a couple of years ago, like someone had asked, what do you describe this set of principles as? And mm-hmm. he said, doing wonderful things in the name of Satan reconciling any evil or flaws in yourself, offering community for outcasts to be accepted as you are. Okay. Which I thought was like, okay. I can, I can get down with that, right? I, can, like, I think yeah. that's fine. That's good. He said, you know, there's some common misconceptions. We don't sacrifice people. We don't sex traffic. You hold yourself accountable for your actions. You advocate for people that can't advocate for themselves. It's pretty much just like a love affair with yourself. Did he say if they necessarily believe in Satan or is it just more of a set of principles that they live by? Let me get more into the name. Okay, so okay. They don't prance naked in a circle <laughs> professing love for a red man with a pitchfork. It's not that. I that mean, is sounds fun like a good time, though. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like a fun time. <laughs> I mean, and technically, a lot of you out there, even the ones that are Christian, actually practice Satanism. Damn. I do, too. Like, okay. it, it leaks over into so many parts of us because it's just a lot of good and seeking truth. Yeah. How it kind of like spawned is that rebellion to find truth, that rebellion mm-hmm. from the norm. Okay. Just how Satan, as a fallen angel, had offered truth and knowledge to Eve. Mm. It's that constant, like, search for ultimate enlightenment and truth above what, like, the normal is or, like, what the accepted is. Yeah. Kind of thing. The societal acceptance of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's very humanitarian believing like yourself as a God and that everyone else is God too. So yes. like treat yourself as a God and treat everyone else as a God as well. I really like that. Yeah, and I know. I do that. I do that as a witch. So it's like, okay, I actually practice Satanism. I didn't even yeah. know it till researching it, you know? It sounds very like universalist type. It is, Like yeah. we're all connected. We're all... For sure. Yeah, yeah. There are some like pieces of it that are not so like universal as in 
I can't speak to the entire, like everyone who practices Satanism because it looks different for everybody. Yeah. But most of the time, things have to be earned. I don't mean like love, but like you don't automatically get respect from somebody. You earn the respect, you earn trust, things like that. Okay. And if you're not a good person, they won't advocate for you. They won't treat you like God. That okay. They won't harm you. They just won't consider you. Period. Yeah. You just gotcha. That's it. So you're just a wet, soggy noodle. That's all. Pretty much. Pretty much. No salt. Nothing. Just <laughs> very bland. Just a soggy noodle. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a little. There's um. I always look up things on Britannica.com because mm-hmm. a lot of good information there. So if you want to look into like more of Satanism and what all that is, um, Britannica has that topic on there you can look into. And we'll link it in the show notes for you guys. We'll link it. Okay, let's talk about Pazuzu Algerod. Okay, tell us about this person. Finally, <laughs> let's get to that. Get to the good shit. So, John Lawson mm-hmm. is Pazuzu Algerod. Okay. I'll talk about how we got to that name. But John Lawson, his birth name, is born August 12th of 1978. Is that a Leo? Uh, what was it? August what? August 12th. Yes, that'd be a Leo. Mm-hmm. Huh, interesting. That's okay. We, uh, don't, we don't accept him. <laughs> Didn't you have a fucking Leo the last time and you were like, I hate Leos. And I was like, oh. I can't handle a Leo <laughs> in a relationship, okay? They're too, like in a romantic relationship. They're yeah. too fucking needy. Anyway. Well, you know, um, I, 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 will, I will consent to that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking needy. I will admit it. Admit. He was born in San Francisco. His parents moved to North Carolina, but they mm-hmm. got divorced. But Cynthia and John, they stayed in North Carolina in a place called Clemens, Winston-Salem. Mm-hmm. So like the actual city was Winston-Salem, I think. Okay. And Clemens was like a little... Suburb? I think maybe a town. Perhaps, yeah. Something, I, something along those lines. I didn't look I, into a whole geography of it, but it's called Clemens, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, Okay, that's uh, His dad went back to Cali. He was like, I'm outie, whatever. I don't know anything about his dad or what he did. Okay. Nothing. I got nothing. Awesome. So he had like a fairly normal-ish childhood. Not a lot of info on it. I do know that when he was like seven or eight, he started to hit his mom and become like abusive. Normally you see traits like that with like hitting a parent as a toddler, learning boundaries of like what to do, like if you need to hit something, sometimes your parent is there and that's, you hit them. But, you know, that's the time to teach them. Yeah, my four-year-old, like when she's really angry, like... Or mm-hmm. I'm trying she'll to hit. guide her into a room. She'll like try to get me off of her and she'll swing at me. My other two don't do that anymore. They've grown out of that. So at seven or eight to be doing that, that's a little odd. That That's so, concerning. And it said like just general abuse. So I assume like verbal abuse as well, probably to his mother. So she actually put him in a mental hospital when he's around like 10 years old. He was diagnosed as agoraphobic, schizophrenic, Manic, he has manic depression and anxiety. And there were a couple other things. It was just like a, a conglomerate, like a whole grocery list of, of diagnoses. 
Yeah. And he was only like 10 10. at this time. Okay. What what is agoraphobic? You don't want to be in public spaces with a lot of people, I think. Okay. Yeah. I keep thinking arachnophobia and that's not right. What's wrong? I know. There's so, there's so many. So she took him to a mental hospital. He stayed there for a bit. She actually continued like helping him with his mental health, um, paying for him to go for a while, I think up until he's 13 or 14, which is the crucial time in someone's life. (laughs) It is. When they hit 13, 14. It is. It's the worst. It's just the worst. He was, uh, it was also said like in the documentation in his, his, so his, his records got leaked. Unfortunately, his medical records got leaked. Oh no. So you can find those online. Maybe don't. Oh, like after this all came out, I'm assuming is yeah. when it all got yeah, yeah. After Damn. his case came out and everything, uh, yeah. they were trying to research more. And I think I have notes on it later. But okay, never mind. <laughs> pretty much his records got leaked and they uh, saw where he, it was said that he was supposed to be under constant supervision. Damn. Because of all this whole like list of, of things that were plaguing his mind, even from a young age. Yeah. So, you know, she, to her credit, was like trying to actively assist with this. Right. But then she could no longer afford it because we live in the United States and... It's fucking expensive. Yeah. I'm assuming like maybe dad wasn't helping out as much around this time. Yeah. But she couldn't afford to help him at a certain point. I also read some things about her that she was a drinker and ran around with guys Mm. Don't know how true this was after okay. uh, his dad left. Yeah. I'm not sure like exactly how much truth is in that, but I did read that in a couple of different places. So okay. John started to claim weird things in his teenage life. He claimed he was from Iraq. He is very white. Let me just say this right off the bat. You can about. be white and also be from that area, but like, your name's John. Yeah. And you're white. You're not from yeah. Iraq. I'm sorry. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said that his dad was a priest. Okay, he didn't have much contact with his dad at all, if any. So I don't... And his dad wasn't a priest. That's not true. He just claimed like a lot of weird things that just weren't true. And he was also starting to experiment with like drugs and alcohol, you know, 14, 15, 16. It just seems like very... Attention seeking. He, mm-hmm, say more. Okay. Say okay. more. That's where I was, that's my little lizard brain was telling me. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He also, unfortunately, started harming animals. God damn it. Leave <sighs> the fucking animals alone, okay, guys? I don't know exactly what he did. I really don't want to know. So I don't care. I didn't look into it for you. There you <laughs> that's go. That's enough. <laughs> that's enough. So I got all this information to, obviously, from a bunch of different articles, but also, too, Vice has an incredible documentary about Pazuzu Algerod and has a lot of, like, firsthand witness accounts on there. Oh. So, and, like, the per- first person to ever report him on there. So we're going to link that in the show notes. I yes. highly recommend checking out that. A lot of this information I did pull from there, but I didn't get it all. And okay. there's a lot of good stuff from, like, his friends that he hung out with that I am not including in this right now. So... Go look at that for sure. To force you to go watch it. We do that on purpose. (laughs) I got information from this documentary specifically on um, Carmen, I think Dube is how you say her last name. But this was his babysitter 
when he was young. Mm. And like, he would, he was like besties with her son that was around the same age. Okay. Uh, And he would go stay with them. And she said he was always up super early in the morning. Like he was a good kid, but he would say things like he wanted to be a vampire, which like is normal for little kids to be like, yeah. I'm a monster, <laughs> you right. know? Not a red flag in the moment, no. necessarily. Right. But she said she noticed that he really loved scary movies. And it was around the time that he was like 10 mm-hmm. that he started wanting to be those people. Like he idolized, you know, Jason and Freddie and like all the classic characters of like horror, you know, and scary film. He loved those and he wanted to be them. He loved slasher films. I have such a hard time. And this might just be, <laughs> I don't even think it's my ex, you know, religious self. I, 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 why is your kid watching those shows at that age? <laughs> I am, in, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say that I'm not trying to be judgmental because I'm being very judgmental. I don't understand why parents would let a 10 year old watch a slasher film like that. Like my oldest is nine and we are, we're cautious on what she watches. She also has anxiety. So I understand that's a total another game. And so we're more cautious than a typical nine-year-old without anxiety. I get that. But I feel like even if without the anxiety, I would not let her watch a slasher film at nine. I mean, I, and I agree with that. Really, for the sake of, I feel like around that age, your creativity is booming, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You're really coming to your own when it comes to, like, expression creativity at that age. A thousand percent, yes. And certain things will harness it in, like, a positive direction or negative. I'm not saying that negative is always bad, you know? Yeah. Like, emo music is awesome. but <laughs> Right, but exactly. Like, at the same time, Kids are so impressionable. Exactly. They're like little sponges. And I'm not trying to be like the ugh, controlling parent or anything like that. I just... Consult I with just your doctor still, before. <laughs> <laughs> I just Cons- don't feel like that's too early. I don't. No, I think so too. I mean, and I see, and that kind of leads me back to, I don't know how well he was supervised and I don't know if his mom was running around with other guys and maybe just not attentive to him. Yeah. Because maybe she didn't want him to watch that stuff. Yeah. But couldn't control it because she wasn't around. And maybe it's just like, I don't know. A kid with to his own, left to his own devices is going to just watch and do whatever he wants. Yeah. So that makes sense. Whatever. He liked scary stuff. Um, He wanted to be all those scary people. So Cynthia is his mother. Okay. John's mother. Uh, she remarried a guy named Johnny James in 1998. And so they're still in, in North Carolina, but she moves into a different house. So 1998, he was born in 78. Case. So he's like tw- 20 years on. old. 20. He's around 20. 88, 98. Yeah. <laughs> what is having to do simple math? Sorry. I don't know math. <laughs> Girl math. <laughs> Yeah, so she left him at the Winston-Salem house alone, Mm -hmm. moved out. Uh, She still had a room there and a bathroom, but she just would check in every once in a while. So she was like, this is your house. 
You can stay here. I'll pay the bills. Whatever. Got it covered. Uh, and I'll just come check in on you like once a month. Okay, sweet deal. Like, gotta say, for a 20-year-old, fuck yeah. In this economy, thanks, mom. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, he had it kind of made. And this was a nice house, too. Like, I don't know what it looked like beforehand, but, like, just from the layout of it, uh, on the Vice documentary, you can see a lot of body cam footage. There's extra body cam footage on YouTube. If you are interested in looking that up, you can. And yeah. it shows more in detail of every single room there. And it's just... I mean, it's it's a decent-sized house. I feel like it's the size of my house probably now. And yeah. it has a nice basement, and it could have been finished and just done really well. Like, it was a prepped house ready to be, like, kind of made up, you know? And they had, like, a nice pool out back. I mean... I'm, I'm nervous on where this is going because you said it... it see, I don't know what it looked like before this, but it seemed like a nice house. So, like... Don't worry, we'll get there. Okay. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure you're wondering too, where's he getting money though? I mean, like, sure, mom pays the bills, but like, Pazuzu, what do you do all day? He's a drug dealer. Oh, okay. Well, that tracks. (laughs) So she, I don't think she bought his food. I think he bought all of his food. But as far as utilities and a mortgage, if there was one, uh, I'm pretty sure that she paid it all. So uh, he dropped out of high school also. Okay. Jot that down. So this was a little beforehand. He dropped out of high school at, I think, 16 or 17. Shit. Uh, and he was already dealing drugs at the time. So like she was well aware of that. And the fact that he has mental illness, a long line of it, and leaves him alone at that house. And then just is like, here's a house, I'll pay the bills. Do your thing. Exactly. Like, I mean, him... Just full reign. What could go wrong? And I don't know. I know there's a stigma with schizophrenic people. And I do not want that to be like <sighs> considered. Right. Even in a case like this where there was violence. He was not managed well for anything that he struggled with. Right. And this is more than just schizophrenia. It's like, more than that. Multiple it's, things going on. His mom, it's his environment, it's just, it's everything. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's, and it's not the only uh, diagnosis that he's also dealing with. It's, yeah, this is a conglomerate of a dumpster fire. Yeah. He he was fucked from the get-go, I yeah, think. basically. Um, just with the not being able to have his mental health actively checked, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, he chooses to be a drug dealer. That's fine. Let's talk about his name. <laughs> so he legally changed his name in 2002 to Pazuzu Algerod. Uh, the okay. name Pazuzu, you probably remember from the Exorcist thing, the Exorcism uh, movie. Okay. Uh, Pazuzu is the name of the demon and the girl. Yes, it is. The throw-up girl. Correct. I was wondering why Pazuzu sounded so fucking familiar. Yeah. If you've that seen that why. film... That's this is the same one. It's a deity that is derived from, or like more of a demon than a, I don't know, uh, derived from Mesopotamia, uh, meaning something that's akin to king of wind demons. Mm-hmm. Okay, wind so, demons. So a fart. <laughs> Just no, right? <laughs> is your name Fart? <laughs> Sorry, I had For to. Sure. 
so his surname that he chose, so his first, his original name is John Lawson. So he changed it to Pazuzu Algerod. Algerod is the surname meaning Lord of Locusts. So he's a fart locust. He's a fart cricket. <laughs> a cricket fart. He's a cricket fart. <laughs> We figured it out. Figured I'm proud of us. Oh, merch coming soon. TM. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a little cricket with a little poop cloud. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> and it has tattoos on its face, though. Fuck like yeah. Pazuzu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. Okay. So you said earlier, this uh-huh. just seems like he's seeking attention. Uh-huh. You're right. You're right. So, because sounds like he it. actually wanted to freak everybody out. He claimed that he had supernatural powers given to him by the devil, which this is the first crack in the Satanist vibe for me is like, they don't, none of us think that. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody that practices any form of Satanism thinks that the devil, like has contact with the devil or thinks the devil gives them information or powers. It's nothing like that. Yeah. It's it's not it's not Christianity, but with Satan as the the person of worship. It's not the same side of a different coin. It's completely two different coins. The name is so misleading. Honestly, it really is. If you ever read the uh, Satanic Bible, you'll really recognize that it has nothing to do with worshiping Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. I don't think. I don't know if the satanic temple is connected to Satanism because... I don't know either. I know the satanic temple, they do not believe in Satan as like a deity or as a as a god or, or the mm-hmm. devil, whatever you want to call it. They don't believe in any of it. So it's more like atheism with some principles that they live by is basically... And that's coming from somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about it. So like do more research, but... Yeah, it's very, very misleading. For sure. So let me just describe how he looks. And I know I've sent you images. So at this time, if you'd like to, if you'd like to take a, take a peek at that. So not to scare anybody um, and not to judge him, but it was kind of a jump scare when you see his face for the first time. It's a little, little bit, he just looks angry too. Like he doesn't look happy. So it's hard to find a picture of him where he looks like genuinely not out of his mind on drugs. Mm hmm. I mean, he dabbled with drugs as a kid. It followed him, you know, Okay, uh, unfortunately. Real, real quick, before you describe his face, I kind of am putting the timeline together in my head. Did he start doing drugs around the time where his mom stopped helping him with like all of that his 13 like, to 14 uh, age. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And also, if she's able to afford two homes and pay for all of that. Say more. Um, why Why is she not using that to... Um, I just feel like this is lazy parenting. And, and that kind of makes well, me really mad. Like, I feel... I don't know what... I don't know what crimes we're about to get into. I don't know what the fuck he does. But I feel bad for the person right now. Like, with the, the, the mom leaving in that moment, I feel bad for him because it feels like he just wanted... He just needed help. Mm-hmm. And his dad left, and then his mom left. Exactly. And so it just... I feel bad for younger Pazuzu. I'm going to be honest. I blame Cynthia for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame her for getting remarried and getting uh-huh. the second house. I He was 20 
by the time she got remarried. Mm-hmm. Okay. At that time, I mean, she was marrying a guy. I don't know if he had money or not. So, like, maybe this was already his house. Okay. Kind of thing. That, um, that maybe he was taking care of her and she wasn't contributing. I'm not sure. Right. You're right. She could have offered to help, but he's 20. So, unless he's willing to at that point, it's kind of like... I doubt that he would be willing to be like, yeah, put me in the in the hospital. And with him being under the influence, he probably definitely wasn't into the whole like getting better. Yeah. So. Eh, okay, I take back what I said. Never mind. It's, it's hard, you know, and we don't know all the details. Cynthia doesn't, she hasn't really been super vocal about it. I think she's definitely ashamed of the whole thing. She was never charged with anything. Um, even though I think she should have been. <clears throat> anyway. Well, shit. All right. Tell us more. Let me tell you what he looks like now. So his, his face is tattooed. He's got long dreadlocks. Um, he shaved his head at a certain point in time, but he had like just long matted dreadlock hair for a, a while. Um, mm-hmm. He wore dark eye makeup. He always looked dirty. Like he just always looked like he had dirt and grime on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he filed his teeth down to points with one of those nail dremels. All right. That just sounds painful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't, no, thank you. He pierced himself almost everywhere. <laughs> uh, he, you, cut, he he gave himself a prince. Is it called a Prince Harry? What? Prince Harry? Where you I know about the Jacob's Ladder. I don't know what a Prince Harry is. Is it the Jacob's? Is it a Prince Harry? I don't know. Let's just keep going because I'm going to embarrass myself with how stupid. Okay. His- I don't know <laughs> if he pierced his ball sack or his penis, but I wouldn't put it past him. Okay. Also, his tattoos on his face. I am not against people tattooing their face. Do you want to tattoo your face? Tattoo your face. Just please go to a tattoo artist who knows what the fuck they're doing. Like He was doing a lot of stick and pokes. Oh, well, who was doing it? Because like you can still get a good stick and poke. That's true. This is, it's hard. This looks like a Sharpie. (laughs) Yeah. This looks like a Sharpie. For sure. His tattoos are not well done. These, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of money and his friends are doing this. And he's also, you get a tattoo done while you're under the influence. You bleed a lot. True. You don't retain the ink as well. You like... Y- you make very poor decisions. Yeah. So, whatever. Yeah, okay. He would cut himself. Unfortunately, he would burn himself. Uh, he was often, you know, high or under the influence. He listened to black or death metal at unsafe levels, which I'm a headbanging person. I I love hardcore music, but... We all know to wear earplugs. <laughs> right. When we go to concerts, you see... Safety first. You see everyone in the pit has got some earplugs in. So <gasps> he wanted people to be afraid of him and to notice him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he liked being an outcast. He he thrived on it. And he liked people that were just on the outskirts of society. Which, hey, I do too. Which is, I told Lacey this beforehand. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. A 17-year-old Lola would have fallen for this man. No, like, no lie. You're so, not you and yourself, but like, we as a society, anybody at the age of 17, I'm sorry, 99% of us are 
fucking stupid and we're making very bad decisions. So true. Yeah. (laughs) And those bad boys, they had a way of just like (sighs) wrapping us in. Why? I don't fucking know. Somebody needs to do some research on it. because Bad boys have good girls in a chokehold since the beginning of time. I know. Why? Always. Why? What is the psychology behind it? I need to know more. It's the snake and Eve. God damn it. It (laughs) really is shit. Yeah. Oh, man. So, you know, I said, I said at the beginning that this case is lawless, that this this shit is lawless. It's because they were drawn, like all of these people that were on the outskirts of society, these outcasts and these uh, people that rejected, they were drawn to him and he lived in a lawless land. So yeah, he lived in Winston-Salem where there's laws, obviously, and there's law enforcement. But he, in his house, there was no rule. Nothing. No, nothing. Just no a rules. free for all. And like his friends want. in the Vice documentary talk a lot more about it. He's got two really close friends that talk about it. They're not friends with him anymore, obviously. <laughs> You can't be, he's dead. But (laughs) oh, he's dead? (sighs) I'll get to it. But yeah, he's dead. Okay. Damn. I actually remember when when he died. Anyway. So his home was a place for like you would walk in and you'd see somebody pissing in the corner. You'd see somebody shooting up in the other corner. You'd see people having sex right in front of you. You'd see like dogs running around, you'd see animal carcasses, you'd see blood on the walls, you'd see graffiti, trash, human shit. Ew. (sighs) I am so grossed out. It's like a, it's like a squatter house. Like, you know, like the condemned house down the road that all the squatters go to. Exactly that. Exactly. That's what it looks like. But it's actually somebody's real home. That's really where he lived, where he ate and slept and did everything. So, because he did not leave his I house. I told Why? you he's, he's agoraphobic. Oh. He, he wouldn't leave his house. Oh, yeah. He couldn't hold a job because of his anxiety. He just, like, he always stayed home. Um, he, like, befriended, you know, okay. those, those misfits and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, his home was his safe place, but it was a place that was not safe, a place for self-harm, sex, violence, chaos, waste, death, like, you name it. Jesus go for it. Christ. You could break a beer bottle over somebody's head and he wouldn't give a shit. You could pick a fight with him. You could pick a fight with anybody in his house. You could rape a girl. You could do whatever you wanted. And it You was could skin just... a cat. You could drink the blood of a rat. No, I'm not joking. No. There they were no rules. Did they do that? I'll get to it. Oh, fuck me. So God everyone, damn. literally everyone that's ever been interviewed about going to this house said, right as you walk, like, to the sidewalk that connects into the house when you're walking up there, the smell of death and piss just hits you like a freight train. I can't, why, who walked in after that? Who, what motherfucker smelt that and was like... And continued. Yes. Yeah. What? No, I know personally, I am triggered by the smell of dog and cat urine. Oh, yeah. It is a trigger. It is a fucking trigger for me, okay? I can't fucking handle it. From my childhood, I'm triggered by it. I still don't understand how 
anybody, even without having a trigger like I do, could just like sit in that because it is the foulest smell. It is not normal pee, okay? And when it sits there, it gets worse. It it like, in like, what is it, ferments? It like ferments. And, 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 and I'm sure it wasn't just human feces. I'm sure it was animal feces and piss everywhere. And that is, just, I just can't. It was I can't, human I can't, too. I, I can't. Human shit. He didn't have a toilet. He didn't have a fucking toilet. He had two toilets. Why aren't you shitting in a fucking toilet? Drugs make you do weird things. I can't. Say more. And I, I'm, okay, I will say this. I've never done drugs, okay? So I have no idea. I don't. Under, I understand that it's an addiction and I have so much sympathy for people that are fighting that battle. I get that. It is just not something I'll ever be able to understand because it's not something I have a lived experience with. And it just, it overwhelms me. I can't do that. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, but there's a reason that so many people attracted to him and wanting to be at his house because there was no judgment. You could do whatever you wanted and it was accepted. And like, there was no shame in you having to get your fix at all. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no shame in like, a lot of these people were also like him in the fact that they had a mental disorder, mm-hmm. different mental illnesses where they weren't always thinking maybe the way that you and I would normally think. Right, right. Uh, about cleanliness, uh, about just overall health. They just, it didn't really, it wasn't the first priority. Maybe they weren't raised in a way where they felt they, that was the priority. Mm-hmm. So, or they were using drugs to help manage their mental illnesses. And the combination of the two just puts you in a completely different state of mind. And I know that. Like, I know. It's still hard to reconcile. It just, I just, it's, 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 hard, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it because it's not my lived experience. I've never had that struggle. And I sympathize with those who, who've had. Unfortunately, he manipulated a lot of people into having sex orgies. Who? to cut themselves, to harm themselves, jump off the top of the house, jump off the back deck, whatever. He wanted to encourage murder and torture and drinking blood. And that included his own blood, someone else's blood, an animal's blood, raw meat. Okay. So this isn't just just like a free-for-all house. It's a... he, He was a leader. He was a leader. He he's not just a passive person in the house. He is yeah. telling people to do things, but he and his friends say it so much better in the documentary. The way that he would encourage you to do things and the way that he would, I don't know, he made you feel good about yourself. He uh, just side note too, his dishwasher was filled with weaponry. Just side note. I had okay. to get that in. <laughs> Awkward. Um, All right. It's it's like these people are already vulnerable people within the society because society has, you know, labeled them as an outcast. And so now this is a place that they feel welcomed. And if he's pressuring them to do things or trying to encourage them to do these things. And they're not in the right mind. They're going to the do it. Exactly. And they, they're going to do it because they, it's the first place that they've felt accepted. And so they're exactly. going to follow along. They because peer consider pressure him is a friend. Strong. They don't think of him like a leader. Yeah. They, they really do think that he's their friend. 
And I think he thinks that he's a friend too. I mean, I don't think he he really knew like what being a friend or loving someone really was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that sucks. I just want to compare him so badly to Charles Manson because he had fiancés. Oh. Three fiancés. Women idolized him. Like I said earlier, this man looks attractive to me when he's like not filthy. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I have to go back and look at this picture because I'm trying to see what Lola sees. Uh, I mean, he made everyone feel so liberated. So like he had these three, say it, whatever you're thinking. I I can see it. I can see it with the dreadlocks. I I and I I with the dreadlocks yes too with the dreadlocks like when it's this one and we'll post these on our Instagram not but that it's one just, not that I can't, okay backwards yeah not that one but like this one with the dreadlocks yes there's just something about it that I I get it I get and it too really I when I saw his picture of him when he was like I think fourteen it's like a school yearbook p- picture he just looks so precious. And then when he's a kid, there's another one that's a, a early, like elementary school picture. And he just looks so happy. And I just wonder what went wrong. <laughs> right. You're like, I feel so bad. What after that? No. He would just look yeah, so precious. I, I hate it. I think that for me, I wouldn't have fallen for him like head over heels and like wanted to like be in a deep relationship with him. But I think I would have like, Wanted to take a ride on the carousel. I would have wanted to fix him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have been like, there ain't no hope, but it looks like a fun ride for once. But then I, I Why are you smelled- pointing with a lighter? You're giving Pazuzu <laughs> <That's> vibes. Because <laughs> he also set things on fire too. <laughs> well, shit. Okay, I'm not trying to be like him. I think I would have like, oh, that looks like a fun ride. Uh, except... Actually, I would have never seen him because he didn't leave his house. And the moment I walked up to his house, I would have smelled that one. I would have ran away. I'd have been like, oh, hell no, I'm out. No, yeah. I think if I had ever like been near his house, I would have been like, oh, fuck this. But like if I had ran into him at something, maybe I would have, you know, Mm -hmm. wanted to hang out with him. But I digress. Um, That's a bad idea. Right. So... (laughs) He had three fiancés. Let me talk about them for a second. So he had Dixie, Crystal, and Amber. These were all very young girls. Not like young like a child, but like 18, 19, 20, something like that. Okay. So his fiancés dated other people too. That was fine. And he also, he had other girlfriends too. But like he had these three like fiancés. Like these were his fiancés kind of thing. Okay. I don't know what all that meant. But he manipulated them into sex a lot. A lot. So when you say manipulated, like, would he use drugs to manipulate them into sex? I don't know. He just kind of had a way. He doesn't. Okay. We never got any information from Pazuzu. All right. Well, fuck. Like, we had information. I wish he, we had gotten the chance for someone to interview him a little more hardcore. But he had police interrogation and that was it. So he just controlled them through like fear, paranoia. Oh shit. Desires. Yeah. And if they've got a mental health mental disorder and he's coming in with paranoia, that's like a shit. That's a bad combo. So really, I'm not gonna go into a lot about Dixie and Crystal, but Amber, who is known as Bubbles, we'll talk about her a little bit more. So Amber 
um, was his legal wife. Don't know when they got married. Holy shit, he was married. He was so married. He did leave yeah. the house. <laughs> I don't know how they got time. the marriage license, but <laughs> anyway, uh, Amber would tell friends about like their rituals they did, like killing animals, drinking the animal blood, drinking each other's blood, stuff like that. So oh. there were rumors circling Winston-Salem about Pazuzu like everybody do. He's just a weird freak that lives on this street and he has like a bunch of weirdos over and they like trash the place and have sex yeah. and blare music too loud. Like yeah, everyone knows about him. They just don't really do anything. And this is right. a highly religious area. This is the... Okay. This is the Bible Belt. This is the... People are conservative. They are Christian. They are Republican. It, family values, all of, all of the things. Pazuzu is like some legend that like lives up on the hill, like a witch in the house. And it's like all the kids are like, oh, you know, but no one ever peeks behind the curtain too much. Right. Kind of thing. Nobody, nobody like called police about like being too loud at night or anything like that. Not that I'm aware of. Jesus Christ. Nope. That's shocking, honestly. So, you know, I, I told you he could like, he would persuade people and he was like a proponent of encouraging torture and murder. Mm -hmm. He fantasized about hurting people and he wanted a legion of people to murder. And he was open about this. Like he he would tell his friends, I want you to kill for me. I want you to kill people. God damn. He actually had a friend that was stationed in Iraq and he called him just to ask, have you killed people? How many people have you killed? What was it like to kill somebody? No, he did not. Not to check in and be like, hey, bud, how are you holding up? Yeah. No, he, he called to see how many people have you killed? Yeah. He also bragged that he had bodies in his basement that he covered in cat litter and bleach to keep the smell down. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Same. What? The, in, Gross. And nobody, nobody was like scary. Let me, let me check that. Like, no. Maybe this isn't and, a good. Oh my god. He's just like this local legend, you know. And they just, mm -hmm. and you know, back to the whole attention seeking. It's kind of like you see misfits, and like, right? They talk. They talk a big game. Because they want to be heard and they want to be loved and they want to be accepted kind of thing. You know, I mean, I was one of them. I understand. And we've but, heard this in so many other cases of like where they brag about things that actually end up becoming true or were true. But people say, oh, I didn't think they were being serious. I thought they were joking or I thought they were just wanting attention or I thought they were lying, you know. Oh, God. Yeah. We, they're not lying. Just believe it the first murder. time around. Just believe it. It's never a mannequin and they're never joking. Okay? Things Put to that on the t-shirt. <laughs> okay. He would brag about killing homeless people. Uh, like oh. stabbing and shooting people. He would joke about that all the time. Uh, he told friends specifically, if you see somebody come out of the basement, make sure they don't leave this house. What? Mic drop. 
What what's in the basement? What the fuck is in the basement? I'll tell you what's in the basement I'm later so on. Scared. Later I'm on. so scared on what's in the basement. Oh, this gosh. one should have been on our spooky. Uh, this, this, this is actually it. It really is scary. This really is scary. It is terrifying. I hate that misfits are automatically labeled as someone to be afraid of because honestly, you know, I am a frequenter of the Birmingham hardcore music scene. Mm-hmm. I love a good mosh pit. I love all of the people that dress like creepy, scary things, you know? But I swear to God, if anybody, man, woman, whoever, falls in that pit, you've got 10 people reaching to pick you up that don't even know you. Like, yeah, I have met the gentlest people, the sweetest people, as opposed to in my normal everyday life, acceptable looking people that have acceptable jobs. You know, they can't compare to some of these other misfits or outcasts or whatever you want to call them. So like, I hate that this is, this is kind of encouraging that whole, if they look different, they're bad. Same stereotype. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that kind of sucks. But anywho, yeah. Uh, No one actually believed anybody was like in the basement though. They just thought Mm -hmm. he's just talking shit, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What's in the basement? I'm so nervous. (laughs) My butt's puckering again. God damn it. So, he actually confessed to a friend, I've done something bad. Help me dig a grave or I will kill you. What do you do? What do you do in that moment? If someone told me that? Yeah. Would you dig the grave? Do it. I say, go ahead, kill me. Look me in the eye and kill me. Go ahead. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be fucking honest. I think I'd dig that grave. I'd be so fucking terrified and I wouldn't want to die. I don't have any friends like that is the thing. I don't. (laughs) I'm just trying to be like, if I was this friend, but I still had the same line, I think I'd be so terrified. I'd dig the grave. I'd be so scared. I think I'd have the same reaction as like, if someone was like, give me, give me everything you have or I'm going to shoot you. I'd just shoot Uh me. Do it. Do it. (laughs) I won't have to pay taxes. Do it. You know, like... (laughs) I don't, whatever. I don't know if I should laugh at that or not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so, I'm so not willing to back down. So, and I need to be yeah. sometimes. Even like at the Taylor Swift concert, you know, with those guys approaching me, I was like, you don't want to do that. And they're like looming over me. They're like six foot tall I, men, big men. And I'm like, fuck around and find out. You don't want to My do husband's that. probably listening to this like, are you sure about that, Lacey? Are you sure that I you would that. just dig that grave? Because, <laughs> because there's been multiple times I almost got hit by a, a, a car, a guy, a pizza <gasps> delivery guy. Yeah, he was backing up and he was just like hauling ass in our, this is like when oh, we first got okay. He's like hauling ass and he almost backed up into me and I <gasps> took my keys and I like slammed him down on his trunk <gasps> and he... I swear to God, he shit his pants. I swear. I I came around and I'm yelling at him like, you're watch where you're going. Like, you could have killed me. And Tyler is like watching from the window of our apartment. He's like, okay, babe. Like, he got it. Well, then like I came out because I felt bad yelling at him and I stood at the um, bottom of the stairs waiting for him to finish delivering the pizza. And yeah. he was like terrified walking up to me. He had his head down because I think he thought I was going to yell at him again, but I apologized. <laughs> and then one time in Hollywood, California, some fucker at a stoplight 
bumped our car. Oh my and God. I, I was at a stoplight in fucking downtown Hollywood, jumped out of my car and I'm yelling at this guy in a convertible. Like, you just hit our car. Uh-huh. And Tyler's jumping out like in the middle of the road. Like, get back out of the car. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah, you're crazy. You would so, not bury the body. Maybe you I wouldn't. wouldn't. Maybe I wouldn't bury the body. <laughs> okay, so whatever. He, he tells his friend, you've got to help me with this. His friend helps him with it. And he forced two of his fiancés to assist in the burial. One of them I know for sure was Amber. And he asked them to take photos of the burial. No. And like digging of the grave. No, they did not. One of the fiancés, not Amber, <laughs> told a close friend about the having to bury the body because she was traumatized by it. And she right. showed the photos to this friend and said, this happened because he was like, nah, didn't ha- what is happening? That's not real. It happened. And so... After she told that 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 friend that she told, yeah. he and he talks about it on the Vice documentary. He went and filed an anonymous police report, and he didn't mention her name at all. He legit was like pictures, or it didn't happen. And she's like pictures, motherfucker. <laughs> I tell happened. you, I mean, oh, he, people God. obeyed him. They obeyed Pazuzu. He must have been super scary. I just like have to bury a body and then like act like nothing happened. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about who was buried. Yeah. Who is this mystery body? I'm having to go about this like in kind of a weird way for how this all played out. But Josh Wetzler was the person that was buried at this time, I believe. He was an outcast, but he was a loved person. He's very passionate very committed, just a wholesome dude. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's from Virginia. And he actually, he wanted to like train and rehabilitate horses. Him and his fiance at the time had like bought a piece of land, you know, like, and they were gonna... That is the most wholesome thing I've ever heard Is it not? Like, it really is. They got married. They bought this piece of land with this whole like idea in mind. But... They got pregnant. They had some money issues. Things started to just kind of like fall apart there. They fell behind on their mortgage payments. And actually in 2008, they lost the farm that they bought. Oh, and after shit. the foreclosure, their relationship just kind of deteriorated. And he started selling weed and shrooms. And she left with their child because she just didn't want to be involved in that kind of thing. Josh is not to blame. She's not to blame. Kids not to blame. Just a hard situation. I was just about to say, I understand everybody's decision in that. Like, I understand taking the kid and not wanting them to be around that. But I understand also being in, like, hard times and, like, you got to be able to make money. And so you, like, resort to selling It was 2008. Like, nobody was hiring. Yeah, that was a horrible fucking time. Horrible. See? Like, you got to do what you got to do. And he, he was still taking care of his responsibility with his son. He still was, like, seeing his son actively you know, paying child support. Like, he was a good, like, there was no bad blood between him and his former fiance. Or I don't know if they were married. Might have been wife, but there was no bad blood between them. Unfortunately, at a certain point in time, police raided Josh's home and found where he had received some shrooms in the mail, which is a federal charge. Oh, shit. So he was charged with a, a federal drug charge. And because of this charge, guess what? He can't get a real job afterward 
when he gets out. So it sets him down the path again of trying to sell drugs. So like he's just... It's a cycle. Well, Josh ran into Pazuzu. He found Pazuzu and ran in circles with that same crowd. So it's like Josh is a good person. There's nothing wrong with Josh or his family. Like he was a good dude that was just in a hard time. And unfortunately, our system, it's not broken. It works the way it was supposed to, to keep down people that encounter a bad time. So... You know, that sucks. And they go into a lot of that with the documentary. I just had to share a little bit about Josh because I thought it was so cool that uh, him and his gal got that piece of land and like, you know, they made smart decisions to try to keep their family whole and everything and give their son a good life. So it it makes me mad when people are like, well, they shouldn't have sold drugs. It's like... It's like you, but uh, you would have done the same thing if you were in you the same. You know what? I'm so happy you have the privilege to never know the struggle where you had to sell drugs. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... So happy you never had to deal with that. Now shut up. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Alinda. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. It's, it makes me so mad. And even like when George Floyd died, yeah, mm-hmm. somebody even said to me, he had a baggie of of drugs on him. And I was like... That doesn't mean he deserved to so die. That that means because he had drugs on him, that that he just deserved to be murdered by the police. Mm-hmm. It was like a sanctioned murder, like or are, manhandled the way that he was. Hear, exactly. Like, do you hear what you're saying? Drugs do not justify somebody's whole life being destroyed or them being murdered. Okay. No. Be a little more fucking empathetic. Okay. Sorry. Anyways, that was say my, more. That was my Ain't little that rant. Just the way. <laughs> Go off, sister. (laughs) Josh stopped contacting his ex-partner and his son in 2009. That's when he was last seen, was 2009. Unfortunately, she was under the impression, she didn't fully, like, believe this, that, like, he he was just going no, no contact. But, you know, he was in a hard time, had just gotten out of jail and everything. So she was like, maybe he's just going no contact with us. Maybe this is it. Like, he's just, like, stepping out of our son's life. Yeah. So she she never filed a missing person report. Oh, no. So that kind of sucks. Not her fault. Definitely not her fault. No, um, I can But understand. then he wasn't contacting, like, his family on, like, birthdays and holidays and stuff like that. And it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't, it's not his normal behavior, I'm sure. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so turns out that police actually found his car with the keys in it months beforehand, before he, like, was stopped contacting people. What? Or, like, I'm sorry, the way I said that was misleading. So, like, yes, he had stopped contacting people, but it wasn't, like, super evident that this was an issue. And that this wasn't just, later. like, a one or two time thing. But once it had progressed so long, months earlier in the timeline, police had found the car with the keys in it and they did not alert his family or his ex-partner. They didn't tell anybody. I don't know where the car went. Yeah, they didn't tell his family, ex-partner, nobody. Didn't tell anybody uh, what was happening. (laughs) We found a car with the keys in it. Where's the car now? (laughs) Where's the car owner? Yeah. And why aren't we investigating? Come on. Well, they saw he had a record. God. 
That tracks. And when you see someone has a record for drug charges, you kind of just don't think they're human anymore for some reason if you're in law enforcement. So, unfortunately, that probably was part of the whole thing. It's like drugs make them feel like they're not worth the time and resources to put into it. Oh, you were into drugs. You sold drugs. You have a felony. We found your car with your keys in it. You probably are just on a drug bender and, or you've died from an overdose. It's not worth our time, money, or resources. Like, horrifying. They're still a human fucking being. I know. Yeah. So frustrating. Uh, This is, you know, kind of where the, you see a lot of people falling through the cracks of justice, unfortunately, is just because of drug usage and like Mm -hmm. mental health disorders. So, so Josh hasn't been seen, whatever. Nobody contacts them till like way after the fact. So Mm -hmm. an acquaintance of Pazuzu, not a friend. She was just like a friend of a friend, visited his home one time. And was told by Pazuzu, uh, or his fiance, that they kept Josh in the basement. They had starved him for several days, cut off his arms and legs and penis, and shot him six times and buried him. What? Also, this same acquaintance went back to the house, which, by the way, I just have to, like, high-five this person. Super hard. Handshake everything uh, because she went back after knowing all this went back there and recorded the confessions of Pazuzu's close friends admitting that they knew about the murders and she handed the tape over to law enforcement. She then actually traveled. She does not know Josh or his wife traveled to them like over to his uh, ex-partner's home and told her what she knew. Oh, my gosh. This woman. This woman has is God. Goodness. This woman is God. Uh, she, her courage seeping out of every orifice of her body. I know. Holy shit. So, but, hold on. Let me get this timeline yeah. right. Okay. He had already been buried, correct, for a while. Um. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the police, did the police already know from the anonymous tip from one of the fiancés, the girl's circles back. friend. It circles, it circles back. back. It circles yeah. back. Okay, okay, I'm jumping ahead. All right, sorry. Go Law ahead. enforcement didn't do everything they could have. Yeah. And I'll talk about that at the very end. Fortunately, you know, she was able to talk to Stacy, Josh's ex-partner, and tell her what she knew. And Stacy was able to tell their son, your dad has passed away. Which gave him closure. She said she saw like relief wash over his son's face, knowing that his dad did not abandon him. That was the closure that he needed. And he's a great kid and like they're doing well and everything's good. And they miss Josh like crazy, but he knows dad didn't leave me. You know, I don't think he knows uh, any other like details of it. Maybe now he does, but at the time they didn't. Given. That was enough. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Neighbor across the street. Let's talk about her. She's on the documentary. Super cool chick. She apparently, I guess, had never had any noise complaints. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she did. And I just, it was never like brought to light necessarily. But 
she was the first to report his crimes. So obviously that girl, that girl handed in the tape, but that's just other people talking about like, oh yeah, we know about the murder or here's what happened. It's all he said, she said. It's not from Pazuzu's mouth. So they have that. They're keeping it close to the chest. Cool. But they don't have anything else. And also they just, they have a lot of rumors and tips coming in. One of them being that dude that saw the photos, the anonymous tip. But if you're anonymous, they can't really do a whole lot because they can't talk to you and they don't know like how to contact you. So exactly. They can't vet your story. Pazuzu's neighbor, her, I forgot her name, her father, and Pazuzu's mom, Cynthia, you forgot about her, she's mm-hmm. back, figured out a body had been buried. Okay. I think Cynthia saw something in the yard and was like, hey, sir, neighbor friend, can you come look over here with me? (laughs) So Uh they figured it out. And he immediately went to his daughter and said, you need to call the police. Like, "Mm, this is not the vibe. So they called the police. So uh, law enforcement approached Pazuzu's house and confronted him about all the rumors and requested to search the house. So, February 10th of 2011, Pazuzu's home is searched. They had to go get a warrant. Investigators didn't find any evidence. Huh? Cadaver dogs found nothing. What? And... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? The mom and the neighbor... Uh Uh-huh. ...dug up where the body was buried. They didn't dig it up. No. They did not dig it up. They saw. They, like, saw... You know, disturbed earth. Right. Okay. Okay. They no saw dick. something was not looking quite right. Okay. And it piqued enough interest where he was, he ran to his daughter's house and was like, yo, something's not right. I call it in. shit. Call the cops. Okay. And so then the cops come and then the cadaver dogs are like, no, I smell nothing. I, which, <laughs> I don't know because ah. Uh, whatever. I won't get into the whole like training be- behind cadaver dogs because I've done some extensive research on it and mm-hmm. it's super cool. And it's, I'll, whatever. It's a whole thing. Um, They rarely ever miss things. Exactly. That's why I want to be like, it was a whole fucking body. So like user error. Like I just, a like, lot of people just will try to say because of the other stenches around the house that it clouded their judgment. That does not happen with oh, cadaver dogs. That does say. not happen. When they do their training, they literally will fail the test if they like, they'll they'll be told to find find the dead thing. If there's a dead raccoon and then a dead body and they go to the raccoon, guess what? They fail the test every time. They'll have a dead deer, a dead dog, a dead person. You got to find the right one. So like, they'll have a conglomerate of smells all around them. They they will literally fail their test if they don't identify the correct remains. So oh, I'm just so curious on why that happened, how that happened. I'm very confused about that whole thing. Not sure what happened there. But like I said, his his home was searched in 2011. They don't find anything. I got to back up before 2011. In 2010, Pazuzu is arrested for allegedly choking his mother Ooh. at their home. Okay. She fainted. Because of <gasps> the violent manner in which she was choked. Ooh. And she did not press charges against him. And he was oh released. God. So he was taken into custody, but immediately released. Oh, my God. 
mom press charges on him. <laughs> Jesus. Fast forward to 2011. That's when the, the search is and everything. Okay. The same year, 2011, Pazuzu and a dude named Nicholas Rizzi are arrested in connection with the murder of Joseph Chandler. Now, in the Vice documentary, you will hear from Joseph's mom, super cool lady. She shows some photos of him. I can't find any on the internet with a simple Google search, which is super stupid because Joseph definitely needed to be talked about more. So... Uh, Joseph Chandler, what I know is he was 30 years old when he was murdered. He was legally blind. He was shot to death, unfortunately. So how his mom explains it is that Joseph was at a store, got into a car with the two men, and they drove him to a nearby, like, river Mm -hmm. place, observed the full moon. Nicholas stated that the devil worshiper will kill on the full moon. Nicholas tried to shoot Joseph with a gun, but the gun jammed. So he went back to his car, retrieved a different gun, then shot him in the head and claimed it was an accident. Obviously, none of this held up in court. So in in 2011, later on, Nicholas pled guilty to involuntary manslaughter and was given 13 months in prison. Since Pazuzu was not the person to fire the gun, he was charged with accessory to murder he underwent psychiatric evaluations prior to his trial, and um, his records went public, as I have had stated so earlier on. This is when they went public. This was the time in which his his records were released, and that's when you saw his like whole list of illnesses, specific things he had said, like his his desires to kill and commit yeah. suicide and horrible things like that. Oh God! Also. In this, like, psychiatric eval, they asked him... Now, this is the one from when he was an adult. Mm -hmm. They asked him, like, what do you practice for your religion? And he said, Sumerianism. Sumerian. Sumerian? Don't know how to say it. Whatever. It's made up. Good news (laughs) is it's made up. Nobody practices this. (laughs) And if you do, go away. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's Satanism and Islam oh, Jesus. smashed together. No, 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 no. It's all to scare people. Now, remember... Oh, my gosh. 2001, we talked about a case, uh-huh. 9-11, uh, very, that had to do with what? a specific religion that came from... Islam. Islam. So, he is taking that whole fear tactic, uh, that whole, like... racist, religious, you know, bias, whatever thing, and mashing it with a heavily controversial religion named Satanism into one. So he's like trying his hardest to make you fear him. And hate his guts. Oh my gosh. He's trying real hard here. He is. Jeez. So his mom also like testified during this whole like murder trial that she felt like she was afraid that he was going to kill himself or hurt other people if he didn't get to perform his religious sacrifices and rituals. Huh? So it's like, Cynthia, what, where have you been? What has been happening? What? 
you have some responsibility in this. You're not taking accountability and like... She actually said that. This is happening in your house. She actually said that. So to me, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, it means that she knew that he was making some kind of blood sacrifices within the home that she allowed him to stay in and that she paid for. I have more. We're getting to it. Oh, God damn. Okay. I'm not done, Cynthia. I'm not done. So just to kind of wrap up with Joseph Chandler, rest in peace, rest in power. Unfortunately, Pazuzu's sentence was suspended based on his mental health. He only got five years of probation. Welcome to America's justice system. That's all I have to say. Unfortunately. But fortunately, his home got quiet for a bit. Okay. Not so much happening around the house. No crazy, like, partying happening like normal. Tips are pouring in again. And with the arrests and, like, the thing with his mom. Yeah. One of the tips that came from, you know, the dude that had said he knew about the body and the the anonymous tip. Yeah, the anonymous tip. Yeah, yeah. That one was starting to stick out more. Oh, gee. I wonder why. Starting to. The tapes, guys, have we omitted the tapes? It took how long for all of this to connect? And, oh my God, okay. Yeah. In 2014, a second search is done of Pazuzu's house, uncovering horrendous things. Horrible. Horrible things. You said 2016? 2014. 2014, okay. Jeez. 2014. You can see it in the body cam footage. I don't know how to, and you know what? The cops even say it too in all the different interviews. So like, there's no way to put this into words. And I don't know how to describe it to like give you the full picture without you seeing the inside. There's a certain room called the altar room. This is where they would sacrifice things like animals. There's animal carcasses literally (gasps) everywhere. No! There's trash everywhere. There's shit. There's piss. There's... Bottles, there's glass, there's needles. There's oh, like, I, there's no way to put this into a way that will give you a visual representation that's accurate. We, um, we will obviously link, we'll have some photos. Yeah, and we'll link the we'll have some photos. the footage, the body cam footage in the show notes, so you can go look at that as well. For sure, yes. I won't even try to describe the rest of it to you, but in the backyard, uh, you see a fire pit. With some ground disturbances, a skeleton was found shortly after digging. Like, they barely even tried. And they tried to put a fire pit on top of this person. Uh, On the corner of the house, another ground disturbance was found. And Mm. another skeleton and a shit ton of clothing was found. I'm not sure, like, who all's clothing. Another, another skeleton? Another, another, if you can believe it. Oh, my God. They had to leave the house, go get hazmat suits, and then come back in to get evidence because it was mm-hmm. so unsanitary. It was so... I would be wearing 13 hazmat suits, one on top of the fucking other. No, no, I'm out. I could tell how uncomfortable some of the officers were in the body cam footage. She's like, you know, they wear the booties and the gloves yes, in. And yes. that's what you wear in your initial search. Yeah. I could tell that they were, like, having a hard time trying not to touch anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, your shoulder against the door. Like, things you don't think about when you're walking in a house. They're like, oh, you know, they just seem uncomfortable. I would feel like I had bugs crawling on me if something was that disgusting. Like, I could not know. I was going to say, you don't... 
when I say animal carcasses and like blood on the walls, I don't think people would quite understand unless they saw the footage. Yeah. And know what comes with that, that like maggots and disgusting bugs and flies and gnats and... I can't. All of the things that help us decompose the world are in Pazuzu's house. So the bodies that were there were identified of Josh Wetzler. Okay. We knew about him. And which we knew about him. And Tommy Welch. Who's Tommy? So I'll talk about Tommy in a second. Okay. So Pazuzu, Amber, and Crystal were charged, arrested and charged for the murders and the burials. Okay. His followers say that there were more bodies. They say that there were more murders. And I mean, for how much he bragged and the fact that there was some truth to some of it. Yeah. Who's to say there's not truth to all of it? Maybe he did shoot and stab all these other people that like he bragged about for so long. Maybe there were more bodies that like he just burned or like, I don't know what else. So, Mm. and because these are misfits, these are outcasts, these are people that are under the influence of different illegal substances. It's like society forgets these people Mm -hmm. and they're gone now. Yeah, And it's like, who who will remember them and who will give them a burial they deserve? And right. why did they have to lose their life in the first place? It's... Exactly. Let's talk about Cynthia one more time. Oh, one more time, Cynthia. Her again. She was present for both Tommy and Josh's murders and did nothing. It was proven that she was there for both of them. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Rewind. Hold the fuck up. You mean to tell me his fucking mother was in the home? hmm How do we know this? I'll, I'll tell you about Tommy. Okay. We'll, it, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back around. Okay. Well, this kind of makes it come full circle with Cynthia. So Tommy Welch, normal working class guy. It's kind of same thing as Josh, wholesome person. Mm-hmm. Disappeared three months after Josh. He was walking to meet up with his brother and he runs into Amber and Pazuzu and he got in a car with them. We don't know why. And there was another person in the car too. We don't know who that is. We've never found out to this day. They went to Pazuzu's home. They drank. Amber turned to Pazuzu and said, I'm going to kill him, meaning Tommy. And he said, okay, just go get the gun. Whatever, you know where it is. Uh, She shot him two times as he sat next to Pazuzu on the sofa. He died at age 36. His family reported him missing when he missed family movie night. He had no issues with alcohol or drug abuse. We do not know much about the encounter with the couple. We don't know why he got in the car or what was happening. My God. We don't know. Yeah. Rest in peace, Tommy. And he was under the fire pit. He was under the fire pit. Mm-hmm. I just think, like, how unnecessary, how, like, what a worthless act, it, you know? I mean, senseless. Like, what did that, what did that achieve for you? I don't get it. I, I say it comes full circle with Cynthia. Cynthia witnessed him being shot twice and walked back to her bedroom. Uh, I don't know exactly where she was for Josh's murder and his, like, I don't know if he was actually held for a couple of days. 
starved and then dismembered. I don't really know for sure, but she was there for it. I can't, I can't, I can't. So she had this other house with her new husband, correct? Mm -hmm. And then she, but she also had a room at her house with, that she let Pazuzu have. Yeah. And so she would come and stay? I, I assume that she would stay, but not for very long. Yeah. She was just there for check-ins and like the house was gross and like she knew it was gross. Like she didn't want to stay there. She did have a bedroom and a bathroom there and you could tell they're like not vastly different from the rest of the house because it's still kind of dirty, but like it's less dirty. Yeah, for sure. And it looks less used, like whatever. But I don't know exactly if she'd stay for a day, a week, if she'd just literally drop by and then leave an hour later. She saw this happen. Yeah. And did not get charged with the crime, with anything. Nope. I, no, not not okay. I'm not okay with that at all whatsoever. It's possible that like, maybe she had claimed that she was scared for her life to say anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. Because that's what most of his followers also said. Yeah. And none of his other followers were blamed. I mean, the the people that talked on the documentary, you know they were questioned. Yeah. And they weren't charged either with anything they saw or did. But, but did any of them actually see the, the murders happen? The one that he said, I'm going to kill you if you don't help me bury the body. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of this law enforcement stuff doesn't make sense. It and let me not. just... Uh, Let me just talk about that for a second as I wrap up this case. But like the justice system in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, still refuses to fully pull back the veil to truly know what all happened in that house with Pazuzu. April of 2015, Pazuzu's house was demolished in under two hours. They wanted to forget this. They didn't want to dig any deeper. They didn't want to sift through all that trash and through all that shit to see what actually happened that they actively ignored. He was a living legend in the town and some scary Satanist and all these rumors were flying about and it was entertainment for half of them. There was no concern for human life or for those that were falling through the cracks of society that desperately needed help, needed to feel love, needed just the basic things that a human needs. Yeah. It all just fell through the cracks. Did did they even like try to search the property for more Bodies? I don't know. Okay. I just know they searched where ground disturbances were. So yeah. I'm assuming they didn't dig up anything else because of everyone saying like, oh, there's there's probably more bodies. There's got to be more bodies. Mm-hmm. There's no house there to this day. Oh, right. That's haunted as fuck. You build something right there. Don't even, don't fucking, no. It's I, just I don't so even know sad. if I believe in ghosts, but like that house, I, mm, fuck that shit. I wouldn't, nope. Well, and- let me just say this as someone that practices the, a certain type of witchcraft. If you want to open the door to something, you will. Mm-hmm. And there's no guarantee that it closes. I'm good at that. I'm, I'm not, nope. No, I'm not good with I'm a, <laughs> in the sense of, no. What, I'm, <laughs> what I meant was like, I'm good I'm with good that. No portals need to close. I am good without that. Like, I don't know if I necessarily believe in any of that shit. But I still don't yeah. think I'd touch a fucking Ouija board. <laughs> I mean, you, whatever energy that you want to provoke, 
that's what you'll you'll bring to light, you know? That doesn't mean if you think about something evil that suddenly evil's gonna transpire. It's right, nothing right, like right. that. But like if you desire evil things, if you desire darkness and you desire death, it's gonna find you, kind of thing. So I feel like that's the whole place is probably a portal right now. Yeah, don't even. Hopefully someone has blessed it. Right. So you wanna hear what happened to Pazuzu? Yeah, you said he's dead. How'd he die? So, like I said, he was arrested and like him, Crystal, and Amber or Bubbles, whatever, they were all charged with the murders and the burials. Mm-hmm. October 28th of 2015, Pazuzu was in custody awaiting trial and was found at 3 a.m. in Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina, unresponsive and was sent to the medic immediately. There was a wound that was found on his arm. The autopsy revealed he used an instrument that is unknown. No one has found it. No one knows what it was to cut himself to cause his death. So he bled out. I call bullshit. Not that he didn't kill himself. He did kill himself. Uh, But I call bullshit that they don't know the instrument. You, it's a mystery for sure. And like me and me and Andrew like tried so hard to figure this out. Mm -hmm. We went back and forth for a long time on this. So other inmates had testified to seeing him trying to bite his arm. His teeth were filed down, but like, let me tell you guys, it wasn't like when you think about, you know, those fake vampire teeth that have the actual points on them. He he could not get it down to this. Okay. That's not not what happened. It filed down. You'll see it in the photos. Like there's some of him smiling where you can see, but it wasn't like razor sharp teeth. Yeah. Kind of thing. So ruling out teeth. (laughs) I mean, he could hurt himself with his teeth. They said that they would see him trying to bite his arms furiously, especially on full moons. And he had been trying to commit suicide. Uh, He was also left alone in his cell several times after they knew that he was suicidal. Oh my god! He did bleed to death due to that arm wound. And his wife, Amber Birch, was sentenced to 30 to 40 years in prison in 2017. So she'll get out. Oh Ugh, my girl gosh. math. I don't know. 2060s. Something okay, like that. 30, it was 2017, you said? And she was sentenced to 30 mm-hmm. years. So 47, 2047. If she's not paroled earlier. Yeah. yeah. I don't think she will be, but I hope not. whatever. Jesus Christ. That's all I have for the case. So, so you don't think, so you, what I submit by like, I call bullshit is I'm wondering if they like, They're just saying, oh, we didn't find it, when in reality, they knew exactly what it was. No, I think they would have loved to feed into the narrative, like, he's so crazy, he killed himself, like, he's so crazy, you know? But the fact is that, like, if he had killed himself, if he had genuinely, uh, it would be there. Yeah. It would be there. And, like, there's no, so you, there are pictures of the cell he was in. It's an eight by 10 cell. And there's not, like, a, such a rough countertop, like a sharp piece of the bed. Yeah. Where you could do that. And there's also like, you can see the autopsy like um, diagram Mm -hmm. of where the wound was and everything. And like, uh, I just, that'd be such an awkward place to try to cut yourself to be honest. It's like right at the ditch on your arm. Oh, Right at the ditch, which is a vulnerable spot for, you know. But I'm trying to, okay. If you're going to bleed out from the arm. I wish you guys could see this. I'm trying to. How, how are you biting? See, that doesn't make ju- sense. I mean, possible, yes. But like to try to bite that crease, like 
Unless he's it's hard like to do. Fucking flexible, which I'm pretty flexible. And that's 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 awkward as hell, man. So I don't see why they would have any reason to hide the instrument. I think they would I don't think this is a government government cover up because if you're gonna cover up anything, it would be the house and the things in the house and mm-hmm. the bodies that are still there. It would not be the fact that some guy that they label as a crazy Satanist, you know killed himself. Like that wouldn't be such a shocker kind yeah, of thing. My thought is more of somehow he got a hold of an instrument and used it to kill himself. And then that would look bad on the the Oh, prison. for them not finding the like thing. Well, it would the, be look bad on the prison for like if he got a hold of something he wasn't supposed to have. And like how did he get yeah. a hold of it? So then it would look make them look bad. So then they're like, we found nothing. We have no idea how I can see that himself. too. I just feel like that wouldn't be as like that I feel like that happens so not to say yeah. it's right but that happens so often in it prison really is. like it happens so much I feel like it's hard to come by different pieces of fire but like it's possible so how do you, how do you think he killed himself I don't know <laughs> I stumped her <laughs> I, I've got nothing besides the teeth or maybe scraping himself like over and over on the metal bed. Bed. That's what I was thinking is maybe something on the bed. Nothing else really would make sense w- with them saying that they didn't find anything. Yeah. So I don't know. It It does bother me to not actually know for certain. And there wasn't any cameras yeah. in the cell, right. you know? So why do you think he did it? Why do you think he killed himself, killed himself instead of going through trial? And because that's so much attention on him, and that's all he's ever wanted is so much attention. I I have an opinion, but I don't know. This is the thing that still stumps me about him. The whole like, I understand. I don't know a lot about agoraphobia, um, and what all that means to different people that suffer with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like you constantly want the attention of the public, but you don't want the public around you. And I think with him, with his anxiety, I think he knew he couldn't handle it in prison if he was going to be in Gen Pop. I don't think he would have been in Gen Pop, at least for a while. Yeah, I don't think so either. uh, I think he, I don't really know if he was afraid of the trial yeah. I think he was afraid of after the yeah, trial. I agree. Because there was I agree. no way. He didn't have the type of money that was going to save him. No. And he knew it. You know, like there was no way of getting out of it. I don't think he even would yeah. have wanted to get out of it. Yeah. Because he, his mom said he needed to perform the sacrifices and rituals. Like I was afraid for him to not do things because he just like thought he was going to kill or hurt himself kind of thing. That's fucking crazy. I just... I just don't really know what was going through his mind. It's still mm-hmm. like... There's so much about it that's still a mystery to me. And that's what still... I mean, I encountered this case years ago. And it's always piqued my interest. But like, I still have so many questions about it. Right. There's so much that's left unresolved. Like Tommy, Josh, I don't understand why they did what they did to him. It, just I don't understand morbid, anything. Morbidly having the desire to torture somebody, and I just, I, yeah, that's so fucked up. And it I wasn't can't. any of his freaky friends. Yeah, you know, it wasn't anybody that was like his close. Uh, I don't know, like someone that hung out at the house a whole lot, that came there all the time for a fix. Somebody was, he was super familiar. Somebody with. that just happened to 
wrong place, wrong time encounter him. Man. So I still, and like, we don't know about Josh's like, we just know he went missing and went no contact with everybody. Yeah. You know, we don't know exactly like how he met Pazuzu or like all the things surrounding why he felt like it was a good idea to hurt or kill Josh. Yeah. And with the blind guy, Joseph Chandler, like, what? Why? This case is fucking me up, man. There's just, there's no rhyme or reason for, well, there's no reason for any of this ever for any case, but it's just, God, when I sit here and think, he was in that basement. He was in that basement. And how long was he in that basement? And what did he have to go through? Ah, that fucks me up. That's what I hate thinking about is like anybody suffering for any more than a second. <laughs> yeah, right. I hate to think about that. Even the second shot that went through Tommy, I don't know which one killed him. Yeah. But just thinking about uh, possibly him having to feel the pain of the shots, you know? Uh, like, yeah, I can't. And same thing with, with Joseph. I mean, it's just, it's... See, the whole thing was just lawless and lawless and fucked up. And also lawless. Yeah. <laughs> and shitty and gross. It's so filthy. It's so filthy. Oh, it's so I filthy. can't. I can't. Oh my God, take a shower. Eat a breath mint. Wipe your goddamn ass. Jesus Christ. I bet they had some crusty asses. Men that don't wash their ass are the lowest vibration. Yeah. I mean, for certain. Dead as a doornail. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I'm so gross. I'm so gross. I, this, <laughs> there's no like closure to this. There's no closure no. to this case. That that's the sucky thing about it. And maybe, maybe it'll come out that like, maybe they will excavate that land. I hope so. Maybe they'll find something different. You because know, because if there are maybe, more bodies, those families need closure. That is so not. I know. Not fair. Not and they may not even know that that person ran into Pazuzu. They may yeah. think they just disappeared and like OD'd. And I'm, I, okay, he's killing all these animals. We have talked about serial killers. We literally just talk, got done talking about serial killers for the last month almost, or over a month. So you don't kill these animals and do all of these crazy sacrifices and then kill two people Almost back to back within just like a few three months, you said, period. Mm-hmm. They've murdered yeah, three months. two people. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't caught for years after that. I'm sorry. That's that mm-hmm. was not their only murder. The only two murders. There I, I don't I wouldn't believe it. And we're not even taking into account victims that were sexually assaulted in that house, yeah. people that were maimed in that house, tortured, whatever. We're just not, we're not trying to help any of these people. And I feel like that's one of the worst injustices to this whole thing is it's people on the outskirts of society, the misfits. Yeah. That you actively don't want to accept, that need acceptance so bad and just need someone to help them to just help them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's oh. sickening. And I just, it, it hits a little bit close to home. Not because I'm anything like a misfit the way that I, I guess, used to be. 
but I, I think about all my friends that I was much more privileged than the rest of my friends in high school that like didn't have parents and didn't have like they they worked from like 14, Jeez. 13, 14 years old to feed themselves, yeah. you know, and they had no choice. Fell in with drugs and fell in with uh, other things because they didn't have their basic human needs met, you know? So, uh, mm. and this is not accurate to Satanism at all. No, like, <laughs> not at all. This is not what Satanists do. Just, they don't do any of things. Just like Nothing. we give the caveat no. for even extreme Christian um, cases that we cover. This is not an example or a reflection on Christianity as a whole. Uh, and same all. thing with, you know, Muslims. Uh, is, is it is Islam? Islam? What's the religion called? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, Islam is what the, the religion is and then, title of the religion is. And, and if you practice it, you would be considered a Muslim. Muslim. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah. same, like it is not a reflection. Just like all of those, this is not a reflection of all people who this practice like Satanism. A weird loopy way of trying to God really yeah. be out there, really try to invoke violence and chaos and Anarchy and I, ugh. I, I would want a scientist to dissect his brain. I know that's probably not like. I wonder where his brain is. I wonder where he is. <sighs> I, I don't. I don't know, and I really don't care. I just would want a scientist to. Really I wish they had more interviews with him. I, I would. That would. I be, wish they had like recorded him. Yeah. It would have. That was the thing. Like, he had just been put into custody, you know, mm-hmm. like, he hadn't been there very long. And usually, these interviews with cases like this, they're the ones you see online and stuff, they're over multiple days, weeks, months. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah, that would be interesting to see. All and of normally, that. it's after the trial. Yeah. Because yeah. they can't, normally, their lawyer will mm-hmm. be just like, don't talk to anybody. Up, right. Unless they just decide to, like, do a plea deal and then mm-hmm. they do a confession or whatever. So, but, well, all righty there, Lola. That one, you, you it's fucked, a you fucked case. Up, you fucked me up with that one. Jesus Christ. You got me all fucked up. You got up. me all fucked yeah. up. God damn. All right. That's Ooh. the case of Pazuzu Algerad, formerly known as John Lawson. Rest in peace, John Lawson. Rest in privacy, yeah. Pazuzu. Yeah. Ugh. I just don't even Please. Know. If you come back, if you ever level up, please get some help. Please. How about we just like don't level up at all? Like I just. How about, yeah, just like don't come back. Put you in a box and let's just lock you in there. I'm good. Let's hope that Tommy, Joseph, and Josh all come back in a different Mm. life. Much better, wealthier, successful, healthy, happy, loved, appreciated, Respected. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Anyways, my palate cleanser. I made pickles Tell today. <laughs> did you wait? Did my you mind, like start making my them? Mind, or did you finish making them? I, I I started and finished all on the same day. I I had to get my did mind off one? this uh, case because good lord. So we're going <laughs> on to pickles, guys. No, okay. So I have this recipe which I will link it in the show notes because it's so fucking good. It is not a dill pickle recipe. It is a spicy pickle recipe. There's literally no what? dill in it at all. You put a fresh cut jalapeno 
in the vinegar solution ah, with it. Jalapenos. Jalapenos. And it's so <laughs> good. I made a jar the other day and you did their refrigerator pickles. So you don't like, I don't seal them. Oh, okay. So I just let them sit in the refrigerator for like three or four days. Bitch, I downed that entire fucking really? jar. It is a big ass <laughs> fucking jar of pickles. I ate them and oh it took God. me a few days because you got they're 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 spicy and they get spicier as time goes on. But they were so good. Oh I literally went to the store today just to buy pickling cucumbers and I made three more jars. <laughs> I was I'm so excited. So I'm ready for the next three days to pass so I can fucking devour them. They're so good. I don't think I'll ever buy store pickles again. I didn't realize like how easy it was to just make your own fucking pickles. So it's so easy. Yeah. As long as yeah. I can find good cucumbers to make pickles, then I just, I'm not even going to buy them anymore because I am a pickle snob. And the pickles that I buy from the store are like six goddamn dollars for a tub. And like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. I, I, yeah. Like I said, I'm a snob when it comes to pickles. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not that snobby about pickles. I get the Aldi pickles because, well, I primarily shop at Aldi because that's what I can afford. Yeah. Aldi and Dollar Tree. My favorite (laughs) fucking pickles. What is this that you're doing with your fingers? I don't know. It's my, it's, I don't know. She said my favorite. My favorite. I'm doing a puppet. I don't know why. My favorite, one of my favorite pickles from growing up, it's called Best Made is the brand. And they're from Texas. They're the cheapest fucking pickles you can buy. They are so cheap. They are sour as fuck. And they're just the best all around pickle. Oh, you like a real tangy pickle. Oh, I like That's it That's what too. she said. I like anyway. it to knock me on my ass. I love, I love <laughs> That's what she pickles. said. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's your palate cleanser there, Lola? Well, here's one thing. Here's one thing. I purchased for myself. Mm-hmm. Two mushroom sweaters, and they came ah. in the mail today. And they're very cute. Ah, Little mushroom I sweaters. Mushrooms. I love mushrooms. They're, they're so, so cool. cute. And I got some, so like I have a really hard time uh, shopping for clothes because of my eating disorder and body dysmorphia. Yeah. So I got some jeans, which jean shopping is my absolute nemesis. Just, uh, yeah, it's... it's it's a, it's a bitch. Mortal enemy. Yeah, I totally uh, get you. But I, these pants actually fit me. I feel actually confident in them. <gasps> they make me feel very brave and like... Love it. They compliment my body because there's yes. nothing wrong with anybody's body. It's just no. the clothes that are wrong. Yeah, so if the clothes absolutely. don't fit you right, it's just the clothes fault. Get some different clothes. Get some different so, clothes. And women's clothing yeah. sizes, I just want to strangle them. I have an array of sizes, okay? Wait, can I tell... I have to tell you guys one thing that yes, I found. Do it. So, at the thrift store, I found some Arizona, like JCPenney brand, high-waisted pants. They were a size five. This was probably like three years ago, and the pants looked to be about two years old. So, we're talking like maybe five or six years old kind of jeans. I found another pair. I went to... JCPenney, Arizona brand, looking for some jeans. Found some that are size five. They are so, 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 so small. Completely different. Like, we, Andrew held them up with me because I was like, there's no, this doesn't make sense. We held them up. I am a size 13 in the Arizona jeans at JCPenney now. 
What? But it's they match like the size thirteen and the size five. The old pants, mm-hmm. they completely match in length and width and everything. That's, the same thing. The numbers changed. It's that's it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. It literally, I'm a different size in every brand, and I'm pretty sure every woman out there absolutely. is. Absolutely, it's so stupid. My husband, I never know my size. He is a thirty four thirty. 3430, 3034. 30, no, we're we giving all our all. sizes today. Yeah. <laughs> it, that motherfucker's been the same size our entire marriage. We've been married almost 12 years. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. I can go to the store and pick any pair of pants and they're going to fit him. And I'm like, I hate <sighs> you. That is. No. Yeah. If any of our pals out there know of any fashion brands that are like nice to women mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and like, accurate in any way, shout it out, please. Because I swear to God, I'm struggling. Because men, it's so easy. They just like so have the easy. same numbers and everything. Do you like American Eagle jeans? I do. I have one pair. I really I, like. They're my favorite. That's all I wear is American Eagle. I have like one they're or two comfy. pair of old maybe. But they're so expensive and I'm a cheap ass bitch. I know. So they I hold up really well though. Yeah, I buy them um, I buy them from like Plato's Closet or like the secondhand stores. Yeah. My last pair I yeah. bought, I bought from my friend in Texas. She was like posting a whole bunch of clothes and I was like, bitch, mm-hmm. is that a size, you know, such, such an American Eagle? She was like, yep. And I was like, send it my way. I will... <laughs> That will fit me. And because I could, I just, I, American Eagle, I know that no matter what it is, nine, nine out of 10 times, it's going to fit me as long as it's the same size. And it's, they're, they're forgiving, they're stretch. That's good. Okay. Well, now we have one solid brand that we think. I like American Eagle. I do. I also like their stuff a lot too. I feel like it holds up. It may be a little more pricey, but like it holds up in quality. It does. This is not, we're not sponsored. We are not sponsored at all. We're not sponsored (laughs) by American Eagle. But American Eagle, if you want to sponsor us. I know. Reach out to us at Hop in. Deadly Faith, no, not the Deadly Faith Podcast. Deadly Faith Podcast at at gmail.com, please. (laughs) All right, well. I guess that's all for now. Yeah, that's all for today. That was the case. Uh, Good job, Lila. I'm going to go have nightmares. I'm going to go watch a Bob's Burgers because this palate cleanser was not enough. Because this guy is a (laughs) fucking psycho. Anyways. He's dead, so. Anything you guys want, we'll link it in the show notes. Um, But yeah. Teehee. Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Drink some water. Don't be a dick. Don't join the cults. Please don't. Don't. Don't go murder people, all right? Just do better. Also, heathens, if you're enjoying the show so far, please remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to us on and leave us a review because if you don't, we will haunt you in your dreams. And whoever it is that left us that one-star review, you're definitely getting haunted in your dreams tonight, all right? Deadly Faith is brought to you by Firecast Network. It's produced by Lucy Bean and Lola Robbins and audio engineered by Eric Powell. Thanks for listening.